Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello again, Patriots fans, and welcome back into the Sad Sack Show. Obviously, I'm kidding. This is Mark Schofield here for episode 49 of the Sco Show. And unfortunately, same sad music, same sad channel, same sad host, same sad Pats fans, and same sad bottom line. New England Patriots lose a game that they needed. Lose a game that they could have won. Lose a game that arguably they shouldn't have been in, if you want to look at it that way. And now we are faced with a final three-game stretch, fighting for the number two seed, looking at the fact that if this team has any designs of repeating as Super Bowl champions, any designs of getting to a fourth straight Super Bowl, that road runs right down I-95 and right into the heart of Baltimore, Maryland. Right down the street from me, as it were. We're going to have a different discussion tonight. Not our usual good, bad, ugly, or anything like that. Not our silver lining show. We're going to do something different here at the outset. But before we do that, your usual cavalcade of reminders. Please do follow along with the Twitter machine at Mark Schofield. Follow along with the hijinks. Places like InsideThePylon.com, Pro Football Weekly, Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio, and three SB Nation websites, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, right here at Pat's Pulpit, and of course, Rivals.com, where I cover your Minnesota Golden Gophers who are Outback Bowl bound to take on Auburn. Now here we go. Crack's Claw. I'm just kidding, that's a Sprite. The claws will come later tonight. Now, I said we're going to do things a little bit differently. And first, I sort of want to set the stage for my Sunday. My daughter's sixth birthday party. Family comes over early in the afternoon. We head to a a local gym where my daughter takes gymnastics lessons. Some friends of both my daughter and my son come by. And we're running around like crazy hoopleheads. And trying to watch the game on the phone via the direct TV app, which works wonderfully, I must say. And I'm having flashbacks to this day a year ago. Another Sunday. Another birthday party for my daughter. Her fifth birthday party. And it fell on a Sunday afternoon when the Patriots made a trip down to Miami to play the Dolphins. And here we are with another sad show. 
Now, last year, when I was over at Locked On Patriots, the show was about the miracle in Miami, the Miami miracle. The Gronkowski cannot be on the field to defend the Hail Mary when it's not going to be a simple throw into the end zone, debacle, whatever you want to call it. And now this year, we're left to explain what we saw tonight as the New England Patriots fall to the Kansas City Chiefs. And rather than go down a memory lane of, man, the Patriots just have bad luck when my daughter is celebrating a birthday, I want to do something else. I want to bring you into my prior life. My life as an attorney. And those of you that know me personally, those of you that have followed my work for years know that if there's anything I hate more than putting the lawyer hat back on, I've yet to find it. Because I don't like putting the lawyer hat back on. Whether it's to talk about Antonio Brown or other off-the-field issues, collective bargaining issues, anything legal-related... I left that life behind for a reason, friends. But I do have to put the lawyer hat back on right now in a somewhat different way. When I was practicing law as a litigator, again, handling various types of cases, personal injury, employment cases, medical malpractice cases, sensitive issues, there were times when we had to have difficult conversations. And A partner that I used to work with would term them the come to Jesus talk. When you had to bring the client in, you had to sit them down. You had to give them the coffee and whatever pastries or whatever you felt like bringing to the office that day because you knew the discussion that had to happen. And it was often along the lines of, look, we've been going at it for your case here for months now. And it's just not coming together the way you might like. The facts aren't against you. The law isn't against you. For whatever reason, the dreams that you might have had or the things that you might have thought about your case just are not going to come together for you. And it is time to have the difficult discussion about where we go from here. I think given the last two weeks and frankly, given the last couple of you know games from this team, even more than a couple of weeks, probably the last month and a half now. That come-to-Jesus discussion is upon us, friends. The bottom line is this. This is not a complete football team. And really, if you think about it, it hasn't been. Perhaps this entire season. There were bits and pieces and moments and singular games and singular drives, perhaps, where you could point at the effort from this team and say, look, this is a complete football team. They're clicking, they're firing on all cylinders, offense, defense, special teams. But in reality, a lot of what we saw over the first half or the first, say, you know, a third or maybe even the first two-thirds of this season was masked by the competition. And I don't like saying that. Defensively, this is still a very good football team. And we'll give the defense its due props in a moment. But this is not a complete football team. And the large problems with this football team are on the offensive side of the ball. And I don't think I'm really saying anything you don't know. But let's face facts. Stepping out of line for a second. We have an early take of the game. We're going to have a couple more, but we have an early take of the game. And it comes from Huzifa Patel. And it comes in the wake of the blocked punt, which the Patriots obviously needed at that moment. 
and in the Sko Show Slack channel, his immediate take was this. Anyone else there groan that that wasn't a scoop and score? That's exactly how I felt in that moment, and I'm pretty sure most of you felt that way too. This offense needs short fields or breaks or lucks or luck or trick plays to get down into the end zone. I mean, the first touchdown comes on a flea flicker, which was a great aggressive early play call, but it tells you where this team is right now. They can't just go ahead and like script together their first 10 and just play football and line up and beat you. They can't do that. One of their big drives late in the game, they got a huge defensive pass interference penalty. And even that didn't pan out as, again, we will talk about the refs. This just isn't a complete team, and it's because of the offense. And Brady, sure, he was pressured early and often. Steve Spagnuolo said, we're going to line up and we're going to blitz him early and often and play man coverage behind it. We'll go cover one, cover zero. We'll blitz the heck out of him because they don't have anybody else other than Edelman that they can go to in these moments. And their offensive line is going to give up pressure. I say that phrase all the time. If you go zero blitz and you don't get home, the band's going to play. Well, right now, they're getting home. Defenses are pressuring Tom Brady when they bring blitz packages. And it's impacting the production or lack thereof from this offense. You win the turnover battle, you block a punt, you're at home, and you lose. And yes, officiating was bad. I get it. It's not the reason they got behind the way they did. That's not the reason they were trailing 20-7 to at the half. That's not the reason they were trailing. I mean, excuse me, that's not the reason they gave up 23 unanswered points. Officiating didn't cause that. It certainly didn't help them down the stretch, but... When you're down 23-7, to you need everything to go your way to get back into the game. And it didn't go all their way. Yes. We'll talk about the officiating in a second. Here are some other things to keep in mind as we have this come-to-Jesus moment. Thinking about this team, which we're going to have to deal with over the next week or so as we look at to the final stretch here. This was their big four-game stretch, right? And they ended up 2-2 two and two in it with losses to Houston and Kansas City. But wins over Philadelphia and Dallas. But honestly, as an objective football fan, how good do those wins over Philly and Dallas actually look right now? Those teams are having a monkey knife fight for the NFC East right now where basically the least bad team is going to win it. One team seems to be ready to fire their coach. The other team seems to be ready to cut bait on their quarterback. And honestly, you could say that about both fan bases right now. Do you know which one I'm really talking about? Because I help cover the Eagles. And there's anger at both Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson right now. And so how good do those wins in Philly and over Dallas really look? Another thing to keep in mind, the four division leaders in the AFC right now Baltimore, 
New England, Houston, Kansas City. New England's lost to all three. And if you look back at their schedule, what wins really stick out to you? Pittsburgh, because they're a playoff team, that was a much different team than Pittsburgh is right now. Buffalo? You could almost say that New England got lucky in that Buffalo game to win 16-10. to What's their resume? What's their resume as a playoff team that you can rely on right now? This is the season of resumes, right? Ohio State versus LSU. Who had the better resume? What's New England's resume? This is not a complete football team. It probably hasn't been for a long time. It might not have been a complete football team all season. Now, what will probably happen? Well, here's what's probably going to happen. They're going to win out. We're on to Cincinnati this week, right? Coming off a loss to Kansas City in which they looked bad. We're on to Cincinnati. They'll get a win in Cincinnati. They'll find a way to beat Buffalo in Week 16. And then that Week 17 game with Miami coming to town when most of their guys will have already, you know, they're one foot out the door to Cancun for a month. So they'll get into the playoffs at 13-3. and And we'll spend the next month talking ourselves as Dave Archibald said in the Scotia Slack channel, into this team being legitimate. But are they legitimate? Sitting here right now, I don't think we can say they're a complete football team. They have to rely on their defense and their special teams to give this offense short fields. The offense isn't clicking. It's clear that teams have figured out the playbook on defeating this offense. And so there you go. How confident are you about this team, say, in the divisional round, coming off a bye with Houston or Kansas City coming to town? How confident are you about going into Baltimore with an AFC championship, I mean, on the line, with a Super Bowl berth on the line? And yes, we can soothe ourselves with the bomb of playoffs, of the ghosts of playoffs past, right? Well, consider this. Consider this season. Consider my love for A Christmas Carol and Ebenezer Scrooge, my favorite, perhaps, story of all time. What would the ghosts of playoffs present be showing us that Christmas Eve? What would the ghosts of playoffs yet to come be showing us? of games yet to come be shown us. If you can sit here right now and say that those ghosts would be telling us good things and showing us good things, you're a much more confident person than I am. And I've been banding the drum for weeks that, oh, this is kind of like the Week 16 in Buffalo last year where I crushed them and then they went on to win a Super Bowl. This is much different, friends. This is much different. Up next, we're going to try to have some good, some bad, some ugly. We're going to talk some Brady, some other takes of the game. But part of me just wants to stop the recorder and just say, this is it, friends. This is where we're at. This is not a complete football team. They can't run the ball with any sort of consistency. They can't protect the passer with any sort of consistency. They can't win on routes downfield with any sort of consistency. And when Tom Brady needs to make tight window throws, which he 
pretty much has to do all the time right now, it's not happening for him. It's tough to win games against good teams when that's your offense. You can still win games, but are you going to win games against playoff teams? If the playoffs ended right now, they've lost to the other three division winners, like we've pointed out. They had a one-score game against Buffalo in a game that really could have gone the other way. And yeah, they blew out Pittsburgh back when Pittsburgh was a completely different team. The ghosts of playoffs yet to come. We'll be back in a moment here in another melancholy and the infinite sadness installment of this ghost show. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys! It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Mark Schofield back with you now on this 49th installment of the Sco Show, and hopefully there will be a 50th. I'll just say, morale is low. I get it, but it's low. Let's talk a couple of good things here. One, obviously, the defense and the special teams. And yes, it's it's a little awkward to say that we're going to highlight the defense and special teams as a good thing on a day when you give up 23 unanswered points. But let's face it, the Patriots offense put this defense into some bad situations. Offense has a field goal. Special teams has a field goal. Get blocked. You don't start with a good field there. Then Brady throws a bad interception. Giving Kansas City great field position. In the second half in particular, this defense holds them to three points. And if you were asked before this game, look, New England, their defense is going to hold Patrick Mahomes and company to three points in the second half. You take that in a heartbeat. You take that in a heartbeat. So the defense did its job. And look at what they did sort of down the stretch. They forced the fumble, which was a huge play. Again, we're going to get to that. But in the fourth quarter, three and out, three and out, and that was it. Yeah, you had the three plays in the end of the game at the end, but... Two drives in the fourth quarter when Kansas City had a chance to put this one away. Three and out, three and out. That's pretty impressive from your defense. And yes, Jonathan Jones got beat on a bad touchdown. There will be no Jonathan Jones odes this week. 
But this defense really stepped up. But the problem is, and it circles back to everything I just said for the past 15 minutes, they're not a complete team. Like I wrote last week, how many times did I write watching this game at the start of a defensive drive, defense needs to step step up here, defense needs to make a play here, defense needs to come up huge here. For the love of Pete, can the defense do something again? Like, in this era of National Football League play, relying on your defense like that is a tough way to live. Now, special teams, huge with a blocked punt. Nate Ebner, fantastic job. They gambled late in the game on a block, and it didn't pan out. But the defense and special teams were huge yet again. Just that they have absolutely no margin for error right now. Just as a team, as a whole, as a defense in particular. And look, you look at the three losses right now, you're going to see those teams again in all likelihood, at least one of them, maybe two of them. It's a bit nerve-wracking. And who knows? Because let's face it, there's an opportunity here for Buffalo to leapfrog New England in the AFC East Engine. And then you're talking about going on the road to play one of those guys during wildcard weekend. Like, that's where we're at. In a way, thank you, Baltimore, for winning today because big picture could have looked a lot worse right now. So, yeah, that's where we're at. The bad, I mean, where do you want to begin? We can just stick with the offense for a minute here. They just have no answer for what they're seeing from pressure and man coverage schemes. None right now. None whatsoever. I mean, you're you're talking about an offense that's relying on trick plays. We've got James White throwing passes now. They just don't have the answers to the test. And I don't know if they're going to piece it together. Nothing I have seen in the past couple of weeks gives me any confidence that they'll figure it out in time. That window is closing fast. And I know there are more optimistic Patriots fans out there, but from watching this team on film, from seeing what they're trying, the answers don't seem to be available to them. And maybe they had an opportunity with Nikhil Harry on that throw to the flat. Maybe they had an opportunity for him. But it seems he hurt himself on that play because he was questionable with a hip injury, and now he's a question mark going forward. They don't have answers as an offense. Sony Michelle in the run game, that's not it. James White, teams know what to do with him, and they're, they're scheming some stuff for him, but they need short fields. They need turnovers. They they It's... Hard to imagine this team putting together a bunch of like 10-play scoring drives that end in touchdowns. Everything is a struggle. Everything is uphill. And it's not all Brady. He had his bad moments. He had his bad throws. He had a throw in the first half where he had Edelman on the right to the short of the sticks, but it would have been a first down, and he just flat out missed it. He's missing throws. It's reminiscent in a sense of the struggles that we saw from the Green Bay Packers a couple of years ago when guys couldn't get open, they couldn't protect them, every throw needed to be perfect, and if you're not perfect with every throw, it's going to end up incomplete. It happens sometimes. It happened to Aaron Rodgers a couple of years ago. It's happening with Tom Brady in this offense right now. 
Now, I will say when it comes to Brady that that scramble, that fourth down scramble, when Brady got up, he was fired up, Belichick was fired up. I'll admit, the old warrior, the old warrior in me seeing that from Brady, the eyes welled up a bit. You got the sense that, look, this was, this was Billy Chapel pushing back the shadows at Yankee Stadium on one last fall afternoon. This was Rocky taking things the distance when he didn't really have it left. This was that moment where you saw the old warrior not going down without a fight. He still has that. That inner fire is still there. And as long as that's lit, I won't doubt Tom Brady. But that guy needs a bit of help. He needs a bit of help right now. Does this offense have enough around him to provide it? I don't know. Weeks ago, I might have said yes. Right now, I just don't know. And that's a painful place to be as a Patriots fan. Forget my job and covering this team and the fact that I do this professionally. I'm still a Patriots fan at heart. And all of the times that I would talk on other radio shows, other local outlets, other media outlets, other markets, and people would ask me about the state of the Patriots, and this was even back to last year coming off the loss to the Eagles in the Super Bowl, I would answer questions about the state of the Patriots with that fan base attitude in mind of my own, which is you just see that window closing, and we know it's going to close. And it feels like that moment's upon us. That's what's probably the most painful part about this. Is that we see the closure of that window. And in a sense, it's like mortality. It's that painful reminder that none of this is permanent. That... The joy that this franchise has brought us. Think of all the moments you've had spanning lifetimes. I mean, they won their first Super Bowl when I was in law school. When I was just dating the woman that's now my wife. Now we have two kids, one of whom we celebrated their sixth birthday. I mean, we're talking almost 20 years of your life as a fan. Some of you might not listen to this, might not even have been alive when this started. To see that, to see the shadows get longer on that experience, on that lifetime, it's haunting. It's sad in a way. And maybe, just maybe, Brady can push those shadows back. Maybe he can extend the light of day a little bit more. Maybe they find a way. But it does feel more imminent than it did last year, than it did the year before. It just feels upon us. Let's talk about the officiating. We have to do it. It was garbage. It was disgusting. It was an embarrassment. But in many ways, if you watch, say, the Red Zone channel or you've got 
a DirecTV package and you put a bunch of games up on different screens or if you scroll through Twitter, this is unfortunately the product that the league is putting on display for us every single week, week in and week out. You could point to every single game. You could point to many games just in one time window, whether it's the 1 p.m. Eastern or the 4 p.m. Eastern window, and say, these calls shouldn't be happening. The biggest gripe I have in terms of the calls from this game, the Kelsey fumble. Because I was under the impression, perhaps mistaken, that they were going to let these plays go. That they were going to swallow their whistles on these types of turnovers, on these types of plays. Because any sort of turnover would get automatically reviewed. Blowing that dead cost the Patriots a ton. You know, cost them a challenge, cost them time, probably cost them a touchdown. How different does that game look if they score a touchdown at that point defensively? I know there are some that believe in momentum. There are some that don't. I do believe in it, but I believe momentum is more of a factor at the like high school level where I've lived it. I think if you're a professional, look, you got a job to do. Like, you shake things off. But if you're a believer in momentum, think about that situation. You get a defensive scoop and score touchdown. Now that Gillette crowd is going crazy. And then you get another three and out like the defense did throughout the fourth quarter, which would have been Kansas City's next two possessions. Game looks a lot different then. Or if they had that challenge... And they could have challenged Nikhil Harry's apparent non-touchdown. Game looks different. So the officiating was bad. It was bad. Like, I, I don't think there's anything positive you can say about it. And there were bad calls against both teams, to be honest. There usually are. But the fact that they had to burn challenges and they didn't get a chance to challenge the Harry touchdown or maybe they don't challenge that, but then the potential DPI later in the game that on Dorsett that doesn't get called. It was bad. Was it the reason they lost? No, they were down 23-7. to Like, when you get down 23-7, to like I said, you need everything to go your way, and it didn't. But the officiating was bad. Let's wrap this up with some additional takes from the Scotia Slack channel. I did want to highlight Dave Archibald, who, ever since he and I have known each other, has always been that man to keep me sort of grounded realist and basically said throughout this entire game and in the aftermath now he's, he's still in this slack channel right now basically just saying look things like this i'm not sure what sony gives him over bolden at this point he's got a point some other things that he pointed out in the wake of this game you know, the fact that the refs were terrible today. The offense has been terrible for what, two months? We'll have different refs next week. What goes unsaid, but lingers like a big old matzo ball handing over our heads. We'll have the same offense next week. And so I give a special shout out to Dave Archibald, who is, as always, cut in with the insight, but it's tremendous insight. 
And if you want to see insight like that up close and personal, you can join the Scotia Oak Slack channel. Hit me up on Twitter at Mark Schofield for an invite. Or just shoot me an email, mark.schofield.insidethepylon.com. But friends, it's been a long day. It's been a trying day. It's shaping up to be a trying December as far as football goes. And I think what I'm going to do is put the Sprite that I opened at the start of the show aside, and I'm going to open a claw. And I'm going to try to piece together the rest of my Sunday and the rest of my weekend before I have to, yeah, watch this game again. At least I get paid for it. So I get that going for me, which is nice. Friends, that will do it for Scotio episode 49. Scotio episode 50, that's later this week. What am I going to do? I don't know. Part of me wants to start our draft watch list. But I'll save that. Although I do believe that day is coming sooner than many of us would like. Until next time, friends, please, as hard as it might be, please keep trying to bless that Patriots reign down in Foxborough.